Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about ring fencing. Now, this is a piece of legislation that came in uh, early last year, or mid last year rather, uh, but applies from April 2019. And this has changed the amount of tax that property investors are able to claim back if their properties were negatively geared or, or made a taxable loss in the IRD's eyes once factoring in depreciation. Now, what this means in effect is if property investors aren't able to claim back as much tax, then they've got to put more cash flow into their property. Now, Andrew, I know a lot of people are asking about this in the moment. Why is that? I think the biggest thing that's causing this to be uh, topical at the moment, Ed, is because we're approaching the first uh, at the end of the first return where people aren't going to be getting tax back. So 1st of April 2020, uh, people aren't going to get, they're going to pay their accountants still, but they're not going to get a nice check back from the IRD. And so all of a sudden, it's hitting home. Exactly. And so that's why we've got a couple of strategies that you can use in order to, to combat ring fencing. But before we get into that, run us through some numbers about what this actually looks like. Yeah, so because we've been uh, having this quite a lot, uh, we're going to do a video with this explaining exactly how these numbers work. But in the meantime, we'd like a podcast to go out there just to refresh uh, any clients who have uh, got properties at the moment who may have got a tax credit in the past that aren't going to get one this year so that they know and understand the implications, and then also know strategies to maybe combat some of those costs. So um, let's just use some uh, basic numbers first of all. So let's say, again, a purchase price of 500000 the usual we use, um, and I'm just going to use a loan of 500000 today. I'm not going to add on any extra setup costs. So a loan of $500,000 and rental income of four seventy five a week coming in for uh, uh, every week bar three weeks to allow for vacancy. And then costs, uh, interest rate 3.75% on an interest only loan, property management at 6.95% plus GST, uh, letting fee, so I always put this as an annual cost even though if your tenants stay for three years uh, you'd only pay it once in the three years but we're budgeting on a week's rent plus GST so when you find a uh, tenant sourcing fee is the other word for that. Uh, rates of 3000 a year, insurance of 1800 a year, maintenance of 500 a year and accounting of $1,000 plus GST a year. So if we just look at the cash uh, in and out first of all, so 49 weeks at 475 and then minus those deductions that we've spoken about, the cost per year for that property is $4,332 or $83 a week. That's how much someone would have to top that up by. Now prior to 1st of April 2019, that loss would offset your income. Now there's also a, another another cost which you don't pay out but it also affects your tax and that's called depreciation. So um, you get your chattels valued and, and then they all uh, depreciate, uh, all the assets depreciate at a different rate. So let's say there's $4,000 worth of depreciation claim for that year. So the total tax loss is the combination of the two. The cash loss, 4332 and the depreciation of $4,000. So the tax loss is $8,332. Now if you're earning the top tax bracket, which is 33 cents in the dollar, uh, your your income offset is also 33 cents in the dollar. So you'd get back $2,749.40 to be exact. Um, so what that means is of that $4,332 that you're actually paying out, 
$2,750 paying ba- being paid by the IRD. So the, uh, the tax-adjusted cost is $1,582, um, and the cost per week is $30 a week if, if you factor in that tax credit. Now, with ring fencing, that total tax loss, that $8,332, is deferred. It doesn't go against your income now. It goes against income to do with your portfolio later. So it's in the bank, in the bank of the IRD. So that that basically sits against your ledger with the IRD. And this is why it's very important that you still make a return, even if you're not seeing the benefit now. You still, well, you're, you're legally obliged to anyway. But the reason why it's really important from a tax perspective is later on, that's going to reduce your tax, but just not your taxable income now. So that that uh, eight thousand sits in the bank of the IRD. You have to now find eighty three dollars a week, not thirty dollars a week. So your contribution has gone up, but you've still banked some taxable losses for the future. So now let's say next year rent goes up a little bit, um, your costs go up a little bit as well, and and your depreciation goes down. Your loss might be say seven thousand dollars. Now again, you've got seven thousand dollars plus the eight thousand dollars, and this continues to um, a, a accumulate with the bank of the IRD until you need them. Now some of the some of the triggers for needing them might be if you then go and buy a property which is positively geared or you renegotiate your interest rate and that comes down and that's your largest cost generally speaking so all of a sudden your property might make a profit or your depreciation you you basically depreciate everything out of your chattels and now you're not getting that uh, or you get a much higher rent all of these things or you go um, yeah just any of these possible things or you sell your property early exactly if you sell your property and you trigger bright line uh, then that can offset be offset by those those accumulated uh, losses. Exactly. Now, some of the strategies that you uh, could potentially use in order to combat ring fencing, uh, the first is to purchase a positive cash flow property. So something that's going to earn your whole portfolio a bit of cash each week. So if, just using those numbers Andrew gave, where you've got to put an extra, say, $50 a week in, if you go and buy a property that's positively geared $50 or $100 a week, then that's going to top up your whole portfolio and you won't have to do that in that situation. Uh, the other situation that we're, we're seeing you know, around the property market is rents going up uh, to combat this. And this is, this is quite simple. If we are all faced with higher costs, because as property investors, we're in the business of property investment. If our costs go up, some of those can be passed uh, or will naturally be passed on to the tenant. And so we are having a lot of conversations in the property management side of our business about how much flexibility is there in the market to take a slightly higher uh, rent each week. And then uh, the, the third strategy we've got for you is to restructure your debt. So there are two ways you can kind of do this. The first is that if you're already on, say, making principal and interest payments, uh, then you could restructure this on an interest-only loan. So that might save you, as we've kind of identified in a few episodes ago, a couple of hundred dollars a week. It might be, I think, $181 was the episode we did uh, just not long ago. So that can bring down your costs, the amount of cash you're putting in, uh, and can, can, can absorb those additional costs that you'd have to put in. Uh, and and also uh, lower interest rates. Interest rates have declined so much over the last 12 months. So if you haven't been able to uh, potentially break your loan, restructure your debt, then it's the right time to talk to a mortgage broker and see whether some savings can be made.
Just um, while I'm thinking about general strategies, a lot of my clients prior to ring fencing, um, because of the amount that they were getting back from the IRD, they were putting in such a little amount themselves that they were able to buy a number of growth properties. So the model might have been growth, 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 and then a yield property. That's probably changed as a generalisation. Probably now my clients are growth, growth, yield, growth, growth, yield. And so you're buying a couple of growth properties because that's generally the primary objective and then adding a yield property in there to supplement the income on the other properties and then rinse and repeat, do the same thing again. Um, but just one final note here, just remember that ring fencing isn't necessarily a bad thing. You're still, you're almost getting two bites of the cherry because the market is correcting now. We're seeing rents go up. We're seeing an upward pressure, particularly in places like Hamilton uh, or Wellington. There's an upward trend in rents, and probably Auckland actually, uh, to be fair as well, uh, um, but Wellington to a drastic rate. And so all of a sudden, those costs are being passed on to those first-home buyers that our government are so uh, anxiously trying to help, and then all of a sudden, we get the tax benefit still, um, so you get two bites of the cherry. Now, if Australia's anything to go off, 15 years ago they implemented ring fencing, and it only lasted for two years before they decided it was a terrible idea. And the reason, the trigger for that te- them deciding it was a terrible idea is because rents went up by 25% in that two-year period. 25%, so it was a huge increase. And then, of course, they undid it. People were able to offset those cumulative losses again, and then rents didn't really do much after that. And uh, I, I know for a fact it's still National Party policy to repeal the, uh, this piece of legislation uh, should they get in the next election. Hey, two last things from me that I just want to mention. First of all, I know there are some some people listening to the show who invest in commercial property. It's really interesting to note that these changes only affect residential property, not commercial property. And similarly, just thinking about the sorts of people that this sort of legislation is going to, to impact, it's primarily going to be those who aren't negatively geared and have borrowed at 100% because they don't have a cash deposit. So it's really interesting listening or reading some other articles that this is actually going to impact those those investors who are just getting into the market and don't have as much equity in their properties because they haven't bought with a cash deposit. So in many ways, the, the only people who are going to be affected by this are your average mum and dad investors, not the, not the kind of big time, really wealthy investors who have the money either to absorb those additional costs or who won't be affected in the first place because their properties weren't negatively geared. But Andrew, let's wrap it up there. Now, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our epic guide to property investment? This is a 16,000-word guide that is freely available on our website. Don't even need to put your email address in. I'm going to link that into the show notes. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Boy, it helps us get the message out to more and more Kiwi investors. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.